It's the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Accardo. And it's Friday, August 9th, 2019. In the future. Uh oh yeah, when what? Wait, no, I guess this would be the past. We're in the past. We're in the past. I was thinking because of the time difference that but this we will We technically are, yes. Yeah, we're in the future from you recording this. I did remember a, th- a thing that I read uh, once where they say you can't change the past, but you can change the past because your present is tomorrow's past. Whoa. So you can change the past by not doing that thing you're not supposed to do today or doing the thing you're supposed to do. You know, go to Soul Cycle. Go to. Uh, uh, no, put, put wait, in a don't. a good word for Trump while you're yeah, there. Yeah, isn't that. Don't they suck? Yeah, I think now? they do suck. But then also Equinox, are those the same thing? Yeah, Equinox is some guy who owns Equinox and Soul Cycle. Got it. Okay, I wasn't um, sure that those were connected. And you know what? I had to cancel a whole bunch of Equinox and Soul Cycle appointments I had <laughs> in the next one. So I'm yeah, really, I'm really, really doing, I'm fucked up your exercise regimen. Yeah. yeah, you and me both. I'm willing to sacrifice my extensive ex- exercise regimen. Right. Um, we're in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yes. Uh, we are a week in. A little over a so. weekend, yeah. yeah. Uh, we just, I just did my 10th show today. Yeah, and it's uh, how, how's it going for you so far? It's going, um, it's great. It's been an incredible experience. Uh, the show gets a little bit better every day, I think. Mm-hmm. And a little worse. And a little worse. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like repeated. I don't know, it seems to be degrading every single day. The last two days have been weird. These, oh, yeah. These two days, today and yesterday. Yeah, t- uh, I saw today's show. Uh, I thought it was fine. You did not think it was good. No, I, I definitely felt bad about, I mean... You and Aaron both said it was fine, so I I, I relied more on that. I I also just went uh, while I was waiting for um for you. I also just sat in a coffee shop up the street, the Thomas yeah. J. Walls. Uh, oh, the opticians. Yes, it's like used to be an optician. Yeah, so, and, very confusing labeling. And they kept the same sign. Yes, but yeah. then just lower on the window it says opticians Thomas J. Walls Coffee. And I go, yeah. Oh, okay. But a very lovely coffee shop. Yeah, very nice and a really good sandwich. Also, that place next to you is next to there is pretty good pizza slice. Oh yes, I I, I saw that. It was pretty busy. Yeah. Anyway, every day I kind of write down a little bit like of a debrief on the show. Oh, um, just some notes on uh, how I thought it went, what uh-huh. stood out to me, what worked, what didn't, and uh, so I definitely wrote that. Uh, kind of did that today. We can go over that. But yeah, o- overall it has been going very well. Um, people have been very, very, very kind, and um, yeah, I, the su- the the feedback so far has been overwhelmingly quite positive, and so we're I'm very, very lucky. Selling decently well, given our expectations. I think yes. we both came. I, into I'm the- I, anything over like ten or eleven people per day. Yeah, uh, I'm incredibly happy with. Yeah. And honest to God, anybody who hasn't been here listening to this would probably laugh at me saying that. Right. <laughs> but, but anyone then, in the know is like, hey, good for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you had your biggest show was 51. 51. That and, was cra- and, well, that must have been crazy in that little box. It was. Yeah. You know what's funny is that it. Um, um, it's seat 74, by the way. Uh, yes, it's seat 74. However, it's there are no seats. It's all benches. Very comfortable benches, yeah. I'll say. Um, however, I, I will say that 51 people felt pretty full. There was maybe on, on stage right on the one of those side, uh, the, the side benches, the third row, I think, had nobody in it. Yeah. Other than that, though, 51 people was enough for every group to have some space, uh-huh. and it looked full. Cool. Um, so, I, I, honestly, 74 in there must be really tight yeah because if it, it, it looked it, it didn't it didn't feel like there were 23 available seats in there yeah um when, when it was at 51 so yeah so i have this uh, adorable little black box theater that has um it's a thrust would you call it thrust seating thrust stage i don't know the the actual vernacular but I don't know. that means that the, the stage box. goes into the audience, so it's on their seats on three sides yeah and basically if you're sitting on the side you're you're basically sitting on like the the middle of the stage. Yeah. Um, I think now that you've seen the box theater, I think you can see why, like, 
I think for a lot of people, it's kind of an exciting little space because it's kind of it can it's it's nice for what it is, but and it's not. Um, again, if you have twenty people in there, you, it feels like a good crowd. It does, and yeah. also feels like like there's a, so many different kinds of shows happening in that box. Yes, I've seen. Uh, I've only seen two of them so far. Yeah, both of them very charming because there's eight shows in there. I think throughout the day, ours is the second one. Yeah, there's um, an eleven thirty show before us. Uh, uh, and great kids show. It's about a woman's memoirs of World War Two. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun for the kids. Yeah. And then I saw a show in there called Kevin the Vampire, uh, the Vim and Vim and Vigor Variety Hour. Uh-huh. Kevin the Vampire and Friends or something. And it's basically a guy pretending to be a vampire who uh, does stand up. Uh-huh. Um, it was great. It was super weird and super bizarre. That's cool. And as so many things here have been, and it's it was a lot of fun. I also saw Lola and Joe Escape, which uh-huh. is um, two women uh, do like. That that pretend the whole thing's an escape room and the door is locked uh-huh. and the and the the escape room you're trying to you, you're watching a bunch of sk- sketches to find out where two women named Lola and Joe are. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's super weird and it was really funny um, and super cool. You and Aaron Hollander, who yeah. is your stage manager, yeah, have seen twenty two shows so far. We've seen twenty. So yes, in the the ten days of this festival from the thirty first to the ninth, currently we've seen twenty two shows. Uh, no less than two on any given day, no more than three on any so given day. So you'll probably easily top 50, if not 60 shows by the end of this. Uh, that's the goal. At some uh, point, you need to like start looking for shows to see. <laughs> right, and that's even today. I I, uh, I think Aaron's going to start doing that today. Is I've, I start thinking we should start sort of spreadsheeting what we want to do. Yes. Because there are a lot of shows we've had some passive interest in seeing, and then just kind of keep rolling it over, and then eventually we're going to forget about them. Um, and I my first do- three years here, three or four years here, I had a spreadsheet, and I would... Um, I'd put them in time order during the day, and then I, in gray, I would put the ones that were kind of blocked out because they conflicted with my time, mm-hmm. but those, those are good ones you can do on your day off, and yeah. then I would also highlight which ones were red. In red, I would highlight assembly shows, because those are ones I could see for right. free, uh, and then I would kind of each day be like, I'd bold like three of them and be like, I'm going to try to see these three today. But this whole place is an absolute madhouse. Yeah, like a, it's it's a very... I think it's hard to describe. It really is almost indescribable. I mean, you can. It's it's really you can't describe like the feeling of of being here, the yeah. actual vibe of it. That's really just sort of a you have to be here to experience kind of thing because it doesn't quite resonate when you describe what's happening and and what you know. Yeah, I my first couple of years here, I felt like it was like uh, the Olympics for like live performance. I did hear some stat that this is the third best attended like event in the world or oh, something like that. Like behind the, the Olympics and behind some, oh, maybe. something like behind the Olympics and uh, one other thing. I can't remember what it was. Um, Winter Olympics. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is like the third most it's, highest it's attended. The, it's live definitely event. the biggest arts festival in the world. Um, and also one thing that I do think is kind of magical about it is that now you've gotten in the groove. You kind of understand what's happening. I mean, you're just discovering all the different hub venues, venue right. hubs there are, which I'm sure there's five more that. Yeah, every day I think I've seen every major spot where shows are, and then we'll see <laughs> on a map like we're going here, and there's a whole bunch of stuff and a bar and a, you know. Yeah. Um, now that you've gotten the groove, what's, what I do love about this is that now you've kind of acclimated yeah. Your show's going... You're not super worried about your show from day to day. Uh, especially when that happened about two days ago. Yeah. Um, I took a big sigh of relief and then... And now you have like two and a half more weeks. Yeah, I have 16 more performances Yeah, over the course of 17 more days. Um, 
you've seen a lot of magic shows. Yeah, I've seen uh, five magic shows so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, of varying quality. Of varying quality. Here's one, what of, I, one, one, one you said was... One was insulting. One was a complete <laughs> waste of time and energy on both my part and his part, uh-huh. the magician. It made every mistake. It was just... And on the part of the USPCC for even like printing the cards that he used. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it just, I wish, yeah. It was so, so this was a, 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 you didn't like it on a, uh, you didn't like it on any level, right? You didn't like the effects or the presentation. I mean, um, honestly, I, 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 you know that I, I am a very good audience member yeah. in shows. I will laugh at the joke. Yeah. I'll clap. I'll, you know. Um, I'll, I, I st- I'll start a lot of claps in like certain yeah, shows yeah. and I was still trying to do that to some degree because I, I understand that a magician feeds off the energy of a crowd yeah. or any live performer tends to do so I always try to kind of help that in their favor Yeah, but there were just a couple of times where I found myself involuntarily quietly blurting things out to Aaron who's sitting next to me yeah. I was just like this is level one shit you should be doing. Yeah. Um, this person was on a raised platform, about a foot tall platform, and he was quite tall himself. So where he was doing the magic, he was doing at about chest level. He's doing card tricks, and his staging of it was abysmal. Yeah. Um, and and so like some he w- stuff was flashing under the cards, right? Some stuff. Yeah. I mean, the opening effect, the the finale had to do with what was on each of the cards. And from where we were sitting, without trying to, just looking up, we saw the bottom of all of the cards as he was going through them. Yeah. So it was incredibly apparent what was about to happen. Um, there was a, a routine where, like, he needed to show all the cards to the audience. And he kind of – imagine you were doing strolling magic and you had a group of people standing around you. And they're all looking down at your hands. You would spread the cards in your hands and show them. When people are three feet under you, that does not work for them to see what's on the cards you're spreading. Right. So you need to hold them up pointing away from you and spread them in your hands like that. That's, like, really beginner stuff when it comes to performing for an audience. Yeah. It just, there's absolutely no awareness of the audience, no, you know, and uh, there was an inappropriate, there was a very, like, tone-deaf joke um, Mm -hmm. about, like, attracting women uh, while there was, like, a 12-year-old girl on stage. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um so it sounds like it didn't have a director, is my guess. Yeah, I mean, it it, it, it it didn't have a lot of things. Yeah. So, well, that's a that's a pan from John Accardo for Darren Brown's show. Yeah. Uh, I don't Brown, know who that guy is, but really honestly, off. Whoever, whoever he is, um, he needs to quit doing magic. Yeah. Um, DB stands for don't bother. Don't bother. Apparently, they're ta- he's going to Broadway. Terrible. <laughs> he actually, Darren Brown is going to be on Broadway, and it's like just it's just like three days after when I'm going to be leaving New York uh, and it's just not financially viable for me to stay and see like the first previews and it breaks my heart because I'm oh, so cl- I've never seen Darren Brown live and he's absolutely incredible. I, I love Darren Brown he's I, I would say he's arguably the best in the world I don't know he's at, definitely at, in my in my top three at any given time of best magicians I mean I think he is probably the current sort of uh, middle of the Venn diagram of like magicians respect him and he's got some popular success yes in a way that uh, people feel very strangely about David Copperfield right now. Right. I don't understand. I have to go see his show in Vegas because mm-hmm. I don't. I'm hearing all the w- weirdest things about that show. Yeah, it is a very bizarre show. Um, and I feel. W- I hear wildly different things from um, people about mm-hmm. the. Uh, like from magicians about right. like the quality of the magic. Right. Um, that so- being said, I also. 
on top of that, though, I do think that you would still hard be hard pressed to find someone that didn't have an immense amount of respect for David Copperfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might just have more criticisms of his show now than they would of someone like Darren Brown. For me, the the, the person that Darren Brown, I don't know, will ever leapfrog. Just in my mind, as far as like the best, would still be Teller. Yeah, um, yeah. But but the, on any given day, those two are always going to be in the top two or three. Right. Um. So just if that wasn't clear, I was not talking about Darren Brown just then. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um. And uh, we saw Luke Germain last night. It was a Luke Germain, which is very good. I, uh, I, I accidentally developed a good impression of him. <laughs> you did. As I was telling Eric about it. Um, it was a great impression of him, actually. Um, I'm detecting a female energy um, born on the 24th of the, of the... It's almost Australian. Yeah, it's um, a very strange dialect. Do you know where he's from? Is he from He's from Manchester, so Manchester. It's, a, it's definitely an affect that he's putting on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I will try to answer your question, and the answer to your question is: you will get a job <laughs> if you're not. But don't be picky. You need to be less picky and raise your profile. Does that make sense? On a scale of one to ten, how accurate was my answer to your question? Mm. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Only an eight. Uh, it was fine. It was, uh, um, it was a great impression. It was a very different you guys, type. you guys out there, you'd be breaking up if you saw this show. <laughs> um, I, you were, t- I was laughing when you said that to me this morning. I'm like, that's yeah. a really fucking good impression. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that was a very different kind of a magic show. I was glad we saw it because it was different. Yes, it was, uh, really, uh, very interesting. So basically what he does, is he has very kind of dramatically, everyone comes up and writes down a question on a card and they all hold the cards. Then he comes out, and he's very dramatic, and he basically does a very convincing blindfold, you know, coins on the eyes, lots of tape, and then sort of bandages all around his head um, with the assistance of an it's audience very, member. It's a very um, – I, I admire the – I will say I probably admire that show more than I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I admire it for its, like, unity of, like, singular idea of, right. like, I'm just going to fucking do this. Exactly. Um, so the, the show was basically – the entire show was just essentially doing a Q&A style act, answering those questions in yeah. a very convincing way. I mean, if you're looking at it as a magic trick, very successful, I think. But I'd say there's about 30 minutes of the show, give or take, where he's reach, he, had all, he has all of those dropped into a bag um, that's on stage on top of a stool. He reaches into the side of the bag one at a time. He pulls them out to so their face down, never once brings them close to his face, crumples them up, and then knows a lot of information about them. He knows... Where yeah. the person's name, what uh, their birthday, also, a, and um, what they wrote on the card, and he answers that question really also, sincerely. Pretty good answers for the questions, I thought. Yeah, he he was really yeah. he was basically giving people advice. I mean, I did think it'd be funny to do a show where you just didn't have the blindfold and you're just like, all right, write a question, pull the question out. Um, you know, I, I think you should go on a low carb diet or whatever. <laughs> like, like just because in a way, if you pull away, if you strip out the effect part of it, and also because I I will say I wasn't clear about to what degree there was an element of mysticism involved with this. Um, if you strip out the magic part of it, it is just him like answering your questions on pieces of paper. Right. Um, and I think it was trying to ride that line between, you know, I feel like mentalists, they definitely gain some power in terms of audience reaction when they add mysticism to the show. Mm-hmm. But then I think there's a strain of particularly British. What do you mean mysticism? How- like, the blindfold and the eye and the like occult nature of it and acting like it's coming from a mysterious power, right. um, adding this element, which is sort of adding an element like he's really doing it. 
but then I think there's a strain of particularly British sort of skepticism that kind of wants them to be, they kind of also want to be like, no, we're not really doing this. Right. Like, I don't want you to think that this is actual religion. Yes. And then there's a Darren Brown show that uh, one of his shows, I can't remember the name of it right now. It's one of his live theater shows, a more recent one, where he does lots of sort of religious kind of like um, uh, evangelical sort of healing yeah. and mind reading. Is that the one where he went to the U.S. and tried to fool people into thinking he was one or something? Um, well, no, because he starts the entire... He's, throughout the whole show, he's saying, I cannot do any of this. None uh -huh. of this is real. The, this is what people are doing, though, and this is how real it looks and feels. Right. And that and that's... And it was... It, was, uh, it wasn't like a special. It was in a theater. Right. Um, and, it, and, and so... Uh, yeah, so that's definitely an example of this. This didn't... This never had a moment... Uh, an, an apparent moment of this is not real. Um, it only there was that one moment. that you felt sort of implied that was it. Yeah, there was an implication later on, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, the 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 headline of the story was John and I tried to talk to him and and we didn't get to talk to him as long as we wanted to. No, yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I described the way he shook our hands to Eric last night, and he he thought it was odd. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, he's got stuff on his mind. Yeah, he's sure. got... Yeah, actually, and then later on in the th thoughts... Stuff on his that, mind, like those teenage vampires. That well, I gotta... Plus, those Japanese teenage vampires, which he, there's a prediction that in the next six weeks we will see a headline about girls living a lifestyle of a vampire. I, I can say this because his predictions are like, I'm putting them out in public and check back right. to see if I got them right. In the next six weeks, there will be a headline about Japanese girls living as vampires and like... Was it that they were murdering people? Or? They were draining people's blood. Yeah, yeah. and then um, since they were kids, and then one of them will use that as a social, very like a social media of it very well to sort of catapult herself into like stardom. Yeah. Um, so let's. I mean, if that comes true, then we got our money's worth. Yeah. Um, also, the Pope gets assassinated. Uh, attempt. Attempt. Inside the walls of the Vatican, I predict. Yeah. In the next twelve months. An assassination attempt will be made on the Pope inside Vatican quarters. Inside Vatican okay. walls. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good show. It was very interesting. It was very intentional. And, and, and again, it, it really showed off um, something that is very important to me watching magic shows for a public audience. And that is effort. Yeah. Um, effort in terms of like, all right, great. Everyone's doing a – everyone's zigging. How can I zag and still put on a good show? I also liked a lot and of And he did that successfully. Uh, when I talk about the mysticism part, a part of that is also what I mean like that I liked is like when he had the cane and he would kind of like hit the mic stand and then they like that sort of like weird because I was like, you don't need to like, you're not blind. Like you, there's a mic in front of you. You know where the stool is or whatever. I liked that weirdness of like every time I've got to like tap the microphone, I've got to tap the cane, the stool, and then grab like that was just there was a weirdness about it that I yeah. liked. There was a bizarre tone um, to the show. It, it, you know, the music choice was weird and kind of gritty in some places. You had some very strange like projections that really added to the tone. Like it was, it Pretty was cool music. Yeah, there was some really cool music, and it was very everything felt intentional. Like nothing happened by mistake, and nothing was like, oh, this would be cool. It felt. And, Purposeful. He and, felt in control of the atmosphere he wanted to create in a successful way, I felt. And nothing felt um, like, well, I'm just putting this in by default. I just, I, you know, I got to fill this. This is how I always do this part. I'll just do it like this. Um, right. uh, so Luke Germain got a four-star review from a website called World Magic Review. Mm -hmm. You know who else did? Colin Cloud. Colin Cloud. So who I've not seen yet. Two very strong British magicians. Mm -hmm. Another four-star review for... John Accardo. Yeah. Uh, that so was, you're as good as those two. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. How did you feel when you got that four star review? Uh, WorldMagicReview.com. Go and read his review. Yeah, I will. I'll be. I mean, I don't want to sound too dramatic, but I cried a little bit reading through it because uh-huh. I, I just I saw it. You really wanted that fifth star. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Out of disappointment. Um, I, so I I because I, I, I saw we Aaron and I had found out about that person on that website the night before. I don't remember how. I think we were looking at Luke Dermay's show. And he had posted a, a, a quote from the review of his show, mm. which she also enjoyed. And uh, and then we went, oh, what's World Magic Review? So we looked that up, and we saw that it had been reviewing some magic shows at the Fringe, so that I hadn't even heard of, actually. Mm. And Aaron, this is like 1 in the morning, Aaron goes, oh, let me tweet at her, get her to come to our show. And I was embarrassed. I was afraid of her to come. I went, no, 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 don't do that. She goes, well, I'm just going to contact her on the website then. And I went, no, if she finds it, she finds it. But I, I don't want to, I don't want her to... I don't want to like push her to come see the show. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, uh, by some crazy coincidence, she happened to be in the show the next day. And so you don't think that was a response to the tweet? No, we never tweeted at her. Oh. We never, we never, we never contacted her in any way. That's crazy. Yeah, it was really just coincidence. That the night before, we just found out she existed. I was too embarrassed to do anything about it, and just figured <laughs> if she wants to, you know, she'll find it on her own. I'm sure. Well, and she did. And she did. She was in the show the next day. Um, I did not recognize her or anything like you know. I, I, I didn't I used her uh, in the show partially. There's a kind of a gag where uh-huh. I, I talk to someone and I talk about making eye contact with them so uh-huh. that the I so, so they know I'm not looking at what's she happening was on like, stage. You were like, What's your name? And she was like worldmagicreview.com. <laughs> and I'm like, like, a dumb name. <laughs> like, um, oh. Her name was Allie. And uh, anyway, so she uh, yeah, she she the reason I, I, I cried a little bit was because that review one, it was the pro I think the first like real review I've gotten. Uh-huh. Um, you know, with stars and shit on a publication. Yeah. Because that's never been the kind of show I've done. It's like the first, like, show show I've, I've really done. Right. Can you imagine if someone started doing, like, starred reviews of Magic Castle performances? Right. Or even no, just, like, I mean, Magic Bar has some reviews, but I've never been the performer for that. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, if there was, like, a weekly website that was, like, I saw the castle performers this week, and these are the, st- I mean, the amount of drama that it would create. Oh, yeah. I should do that. <laughs> I, should, I should do that anonymously. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the review was very, very positive, which was very nice. But what really got to me was there are some very, very, very like personal things in there about me as a performer yeah. that meant a lot to me. And, and to see that those were translating, uh, well to an audience meant a great deal to me. So it was, it was, a, it was an emotional read. Yeah. It was a great review. Everyone should go read it. Yeah. Um, and we immediately stuck it up on the posters. Yeah. So now it has been printed out a quote from it's been printed out and taped my posters around four town. stars, a joy to watch. Yeah. Um, so it was a real, real delight. And what was nice, so I sent that to uh, Simon Coronel because he was in Magic, Li- Magic Live. Oh, we got to talk about Magic Live because uh-huh. that just happened, um, and I'm heartbroken I missed it. But uh, And what everybody who I've sent it to has said was, because there's no, like, page, it's basically just one big blog page where yeah. every review is kind of above or below the one before it. And um, she's seems very knowledgeable like reading uh her reviews of Luke yeah, Germay, which oh, is even the, the review of yours she was like he's using some classic effects right and so I looked her up um on her website it, it says from her college she got her degree in the history of stage magic oh, cool. I don't even know that was a thing um that seems super cool but reading her reviews even like or the bad reviews and there are some bad reviews which is why I was kind of nervous to have her in the show was because she really panned a couple of things is quite bad um, did not pull her punches, but came from what felt like a very knowledgeable place. Like uh-huh. I, 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 I don't feel like, even when I read, you know, theater reviews like the New York Times or something, I kind of feel like I'm just getting that person's taste yeah. and whether or not they, you know, they like something. And you can see they're always a little bit pompous about it usually. Right. This seemed very, very educated. Like I really felt like I got a. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about like the, you know, I mean, 
Having gotten my four star, this reviewer seems very, very knowledgeable, but, uh, incredible. Uh, but well, then I'll, like I said, I'll quote Simon Coronel, who, and I texted him that uh, article. He texted back saying that yeah, she doesn't. Um, even more so after reading the rest of the reviews on that page, whoever's writing them clearly knows their shit and isn't afraid to punch. <laughs> um, and that is definitely the vibe. Like before, I had, she reviewed my show. I did definitely feel like from the show she did review, I got a very clear idea of what those shows were. Yeah, and um, oh, that's true. What and they offered. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I should go back and read reread the Jermay review and yeah. see how it so lines up with my experience. Only review I've gotten so far. Only formal one I've gotten so far. I've gotten a couple of tweets and stuff that have all been quite positive. Um, and people have been reacting well to the show when you talk to them. I, yeah, when I talk now, now I, I tend not to that anyone's going to be like, "Hey, really hated it." Right. I, um, <laughs> yeah, but you can tell when they're yeah, that's true. It and you can tell. Yeah, when you they can tell when they uh, when they give you a compliment if it's specific and it's about a certain thing. Right. They're not making it up. You know. Um, so I, I I've. I feel like uh, people have overall been enjoying it. I don't think the show is for everyone. I don't think. Uh, yeah. Now, early in the the month, you had a lot of kids coming. Yeah, that the, the number and it of affected the show. It did. Yeah. Oh, it actually did. It did change the outcome. It did change the show more or less because we started going over a few minutes. And the time I was still doing the smash and stab routine that uh, I, I tried experimentally as sort of a. Um, Someone had sold me on, on why there was an interesting metaphor in there that kind of went towards the the finale of the show. Which yeah, it was a a Smash and Stab Co. sold you on the yeah the salesman from that company. Was yeah. like, you know what? A great metaphor. <laughs> um, um, the do you first of all do you miss having that in the show? Not really. Uh, and did you enjoy doing that trick? No. So yeah, that's a good reason to not have it. Well, I mean, honestly, not even just because of the danger or. or if it was even good theater, good magic, those all of those things, I still kind of think about. Was it successful? It still got the gasps that that trick always will. Yeah, um, and that I don't credit myself for that necessarily. But you know, on certain days we would have a lot of kids. We're at one thirty in the afternoon at the magic show. The thing yeah. says eight and up. Um, you know, which were all kind of things that were put in place before I sort of knew what the show was uh, exactly. I might have changed the age thing. If I'd known at the time I was putting a smash and stab in, or if I'd known that the time would always kind of bring in more families. And so, quite frankly, as kids were, the more kids were coming in, I was getting more and more heavy handed with the whole don't try this at home speech. Right. But honest to God, I would just, my my prevailing, my, my, like, my dominant emotion would just be discomfort. That, yeah, yeah. That these parents were, you know, I was doing something with legitimate danger and legitimate risk in front of children. And that, right. that, that was a, uh, real turnoff especially like if it had ever gone wrong right i'm like i might legitimately traumatize like i could honest to god give a kid ptsd in this in this room i'm not even saying that ironically yeah uh at the beginning of the month you had seven effects in the show yeah now i have six Um, and so then what happened was the show was going about five minutes over for about three days in a row and it was never really affecting the run of the show after us because you're on a really tight schedule. We have basically a 10-minute loadout time, and then our show is scheduled to end at 2.30. Another show begins in that room at 3. So they need to get my show out, have those guys load their stuff in, bring in the audience, start the show in exactly half an hour. Yeah. And, and this whole festival, has been, is I've learned, is very meticulous about being on time. Almost every show I've seen has started just on the yeah, dot. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Uh, they really... It gets, it gets worse and worse later at night. So if you ever go see like a midnight show, mm-hmm. sometimes those don't start to like... I've noticed that Thrones, is Thrones always, starts, starts oh, late. always starts a couple minutes yeah. late. They're trying to crack down on that a little bit. Um, but. 
so anyway, so initially we were, I was, I kept saying to the the people who were sort of at my theater going, I said, oh, I know we ran a couple minutes over. Is that is all right? Am I messing things up? Let me know. And then that, for a while they said it was okay, but then it kind of once it got to management that that was happening, yeah, they basically came back with a message of, it's not a problem yet, but if everyone finds out you're going five minutes over and it's not a problem, right. everyone's gonna start going five minutes over and then everything's fucked. Right. So then that was a great reason. Just the next day, the Smash app was gone. And it hasn't gone back. And right now, I still like the show. Oh, so now you. Uh, my my concern about that was there are two big mentalism pieces in the show that were split up by the Smash and Stab, which are now next to each other. Yeah. I was apprehensive about that. So far, I feel like that has not been a huge problem. Didn't bother me today. Okay. Um, today was my first time seeing it without Smash and Stab. Yeah, and it's ch- you. You has been about five days since you've seen it. Yeah. So maybe five or six. You've been pretty busy. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like. For for me, it felt like the show had changed quite a bit since you had seen it. Um, yeah, I don't. It doesn't bother me those tricks next to each other because the going into the envelopes immediately kicks into sort of something to do with the theme of the show. Yeah, what do you think of the new envelope premise? I like it. Um, I think maybe the ending then has to be. Yeah, the ending doesn't tie back into it. I feel like we kind of abandoned it in, by the third phase. Uh. P.S. I'm hiring somebody to video the show next Thursday. I saw that. Aaron got an email. Um, so uh, we could even offer that as a little link if people want to watch it. Yeah, I might um, I'd pop up a little link. Um, but yeah, I thought I, it doesn't bother me. Those two, they don't, they don't feel that the same, honestly. Cool. Um, so the, the the initial idea was to put the card routine, the inner monologue routine. In in between those, so John and has a routine where he sort of you sort of see into the mind of his mind his mind as he's doing a card trick, uh, and that that I think you, that you were saying that's sort of your happiest with coming out of the fringe with this. Um, yeah, I think it's that, a really cool piece. So basically, what I say anytime, anytime I write my notes in this little notebook about how the show went, uh-huh. I basically I, I I always try to I remind myself every day that. You can't like doing you know tricks that exist like a card any card any number or the you know the uh, the envelopes and stuff doing a trick that I didn't like invent that goes well cannot be the metric by which I judge the success of this show it just can't otherwise you, you know what I mean you mean you're like um, like I think innovating it, every single effect in the show isn't the metric by whether or not it was a good show that you wrote? No, I mean that, like, um, if a show feels kind of awkward, if the audience was quiet, or if I felt like I had messed something up on my end, like a monologue part or or a, a message got kind of lost in, in any sort of thing that I jumbled up on accident or, mm-hmm. or flubbed a joke or something, it's very easy, I think, for any magician, including myself, to go, well, all the tricks worked, you know, there was no embarrassing moments of actual magic. But given that I am not, you know, doing the most difficult stuff and mm. that a lot of it I didn't necessarily come up with and don't credit myself with the uh, ingenuity of the effect, using that as the metric by whether or not the show was successful or not, that like oh, oh, all I this see. magic work is a mistake. I have to judge, you know, the, <laughs> the <laughs> right, more important right. metrics or, or equally important metrics are, are as a piece of theater that I was attempting for how was the show? Was yeah. I entertaining enough? Was I clear enough? Did the, you know, were they engaged enough? And I think it's easy for a magician to go, well, you know, the card trick worked, so thank God. Right. So that being said, I'm happy about that because I feel like as for all the ambitious things that I've kind of put into this show as far as premises, as far as sort of uh, out-of-my-comfort-zone style routines, mm-hmm. this show has several of. The inner monologue one I think has been the biggest success. Yeah, that, that was the That was the very first idea I had, and that was the one I kind of felt most passionate about as the 
the backbone of what the show is. Yeah. So I'm really happy. I, I have a lot of ideas for what the second draft of that will be, which for um yeah, uh, which for obvious reasons I can't add in now. Um, for, right. For anyone that's not aware, basically there's like, it, it, I, I do a card trick, and at every phase of it, you hear um, a recording of my thoughts on what's happening and what I need to do now, and you know. Like, and because of the recording, it's and every recording being played is linked to a light cue. Yes, yeah, so there's a so bunch of light cues, uh, a bunch of sound cues. At this point, in the, it's like very hard to make changes to your tech at this right. point, especially because we have no time in that theater other than that. Yeah, two hours, uh, we, you know, hour and forty minutes we have in there, which is and you know, like the twenty minutes before, ten minutes after, and the hour of the show. So like not- we can make some changes to sound stuff because like I know QLab relatively well, mm-hmm. and it's not that hard. But like I have no idea how to program the lights, right? Um, because even today during the inner monologue, I was like, this could actually use more front light in from the front Fresnels, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know how to do that. Right. Um, the uh, I was gonna say now you have six effects. Um, so I should rename the show Six Impossible Things. That's right. And only let, what, a couple people in per night? Yeah. At an escape room. Um, is that an escape room? Six Impossible Things? I think that's it's hosted inside of an escape room. Oh, really? And I believe between the, each impossible thing, the audience has moved to a new room. Oh. I believe that is, I don't know, at least at some point that's what it was. If they've changed it, I wouldn't know. Six Impossible Things. Look at this toothbrush balancing on a bottle of Gatorade. <laughs> um... Uh, I, I'm very excited, uh, curious. To this show. <laughs> I just I, love I it if the last it. room was just like, I got a letter from a prisoner. Um, the uh, out of the six effects, how many of them have gone wrong this month? Two, two. Yeah. Oh, what's funny? So thankfully, Smash and Stab never went wrong. Yes. Um, wait, is it the two that you actually talk about messing up in? Yeah, <laughs> that's, <so funny. laughs> that's hilarious. The only two tricks were in the script you mentioned it going wrong. Yeah, or, it both gone wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's really funny. That was a uh, the, the envelope routine, which is the mentalism routine. It's a Max Maven routine. Yeah, Max Maven routine did not work one time, and the whole premise of it. I've changed the premise since then, but the uh, not because of this, just in coincidence. The whole idea was that. Uh, if I messed up this trick, I would have to publish my credit card information on Twitter, yeah. and that happened. Um, <laughs> and luckily, there was no signal. In l- the, luckily, in the, the signal was very, very bad. Even after I turned my phone off airplane mode, which that guy made me do, he called me out on it. Yeah, were they? Was it intentionally on airplane mode? Yeah, it's always on airplane mode. Oh, that's funny. Well, that way you just like an ad or something like a Gmail, like oh, I see, I you see, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Thumbtack or some shit doesn't pop up, and uh, <laughs> it, the guy is just like, well, you've uh, been requested for a booking in uh, Downey, it California. Says Susie needs a, a balloon twister in San Dimas. <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh, uh, save that. Uh, yeah, please don't delete that. Uh, I need something so it, for October. It was just kind of all that for, all, and that way they wouldn't accidentally like hit send or anything. Yeah. Then, during the show, where the tr- show messed, uh, the trick messed up. A guy went, "Well, it's on airplane mode anyway," <laughs> and then right. that got a lot. There's a lot of humor to be had in that. Uh, and then the other one was the fringe book. Yeah, that was the card to book that has never messed up in two years of doing it, <laughs> and it messed up, and that uh, was hilarious. These pages are so. John is doing that with a fringe uh, brochure as yeah. opposed to uh, Mark book. Wilson's. Complete Course in Magic. Complete Course in Magic. During the show today, I thought, what if I did this for my next audition with the Mark Wilson book? Because then I could be like, I took this class here, and I got this book. Uh, and then I, in my head, I was like, I wonder if Mark Wilson has like enemies in this audition room. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. He's a sweetheart. I don't think anyone hates him. Um, Ricky J hates him. 
this made me like Ricky Jay less. Ricky Jay like called Mark Wilson out like on in an interview. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really gross. Um, yeah, it was weird. It, he like specifically was saying like how he, how he didn't like Mark Wilson. Oh, and I was like, God, what a dick thing to do. Well, so well. he's so great. How come he's dead now? Exactly. He's uh, frozen in a block of ice. Um, um, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I have a. Go look it up, you guys. Uh, I have some notes for today's show. I thought maybe I'd read them to you. Yeah, sure. Um, Are these more specific than the big ones you gave me? I also have some yes. notes from today's show for you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laugh more. Yeah, be a better audience. Um, and then I have my own kind of notes, th- and I have some ideas and some problems that I haven't... There's some, I, I basically wrote down also, like, okay, as far as the actual magic, what are mistakes I made? And I have some notes on that as well, but you go first. So I, my overall notes to John in general are that, like, the John, the way John works is very on, it feels very on your feet in terms of the language that you use from yeah, day to day. it is. So I think that the, the part that still, the show still needs is to, like, really refine the language that you use in general throughout. Mm-hmm. Um and I was telling John today that um, there's, I feel like you've got multiple choice every time you come to like a certain sentence in the show. And I think it will benefit by sort of boiling down like yeah. the best way to say these that things. Is, that is, that is uh, so for example, at the top, when you say I had the stream of it and you say, I was standing in this very spot or something like that. Well, I've changed all that a whole line now to, um, so Everything the, uses the phrase this exact. Like this so exact. that problem is with with it. So I think you have to say this exact after you move. Because it's it's weird for you to say this exact and then move. And then move. Okay. Uh, I was going to suggest, that makes sense if you change it all to that. But I was just going to suggest going back to the old, like, I was standing right here. Uh-huh. But if you want to do the this exact, uh, how, how what's the actual sentence for that? All of it? No, just the back part. Uh, the back part was... Um, I was standing in this exact. Oh, I was uh, doing this exact show in this exact audience with this exact audience in this exact room at this exact time, and standing in this exact. And then I moved. So I would move on. I was standing in, then move, this exact spot. Okay, I'll try that. Because in re- if you're really saying it, you wouldn't say this exact and then real. Uh, I don't know. It's something about the timing. It seems weird. Yeah. Um, I st- oh, I think uh, the phrasing on the um, n- did the audience all decide. And were they right? I think it needs a little like a little half phrase in there, like do the audience do that? And were they right? No, I was wonderful. It was the audience that was wrong. Yeah, I've noticed that sometimes that really hits really hard that joke, and sometimes it completely bombs. Yeah. So today you didn't put in that little half phrase. You just went, was the audience and blah, blah blah? Did they think I was wrong? And were they right? No, it was the audience that was wrong. Like there wasn't a reference to you. Right. So I think it needs a little. I was this. They were wrong. Kind okay. of rhythm to it. I don't um, think I've actually ever done that yet. Oh, have I? Um, so uh, that, that might be a more consistent way of. And I still think the the. Um. Oh, I think that you kind of hit the, say something, and then in my dream they did this, like maybe one or two too many times mm-hmm. today. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been struggling with that a little bit because so basically the premise for this effect, if you haven't seen it, is that. I, I made a prediction in a deck of cards off of a dream I had that everybody would say, you know, the same thing. So the the bit is that at, every time I walk up to somebody or have them make a choice, I, all, I say that in the dream they made that same decision. And on one hand, yes, sometimes it feels like I go to that well too often and it loses a bit of steam. Yeah. Then maybe get some laughs earlier on as I go, you know, in the dream he also said this. Yeah. 
Uh, that being said, it also feels weird theatrically to abandon that. I think you can get away with uh, just just moving past it a couple times, uh, and then not bringing it up again until the Nicole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing around with it. it. Today I was like, I, um, I or if you go to the same mulligan, I There's think there's a we joke find... there about Nicole Brown Simpson. And yeah, so, uh... kills. Yeah, uh, by kills I mean OJ kills. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that if you go to that well more, then maybe rephrase. I think hearing the same phrase every time of in the dream he did X. Start, that starts to wear a little bit as well. Something I, uh, what, I was curious what you thought about this. I, I've been, again, tinkering with it the last couple of days, and I, I want to cl- clean it up. But there is a joke in there that starts as an obvious kind of magic joke where I, at the end, once they've said like, the car, the, what the card will yes, be. Yes, I'll tell you exactly my reaction to this. I wrote down to cut it, and then I was like, you can keep it because it pays off later. Exactly, and that's, yeah. kind of, that's exactly why I put it in. Yeah. was because later, because I use it as an example, and I actually thought felt pretty clever about that. I went, oh, that'd be yeah. a cool yeah, real example. In the moment, I was like, don't need that. And then I was like, oh, it's cool. Um, I think you should still try that mind reading joke from first person. The Okay. Um, the, I think it will hit harder if you say, blah, blah, gambling, pickpocketing. Uh, but I have dealt with one skill. I can read minds when it comes to whether or not people like me. Mm-hmm. So that it's not, right now it's in second person. Right. You're saying, uh, as a magician, uh, you you develop you develop the ability to read minds as to whether or not people like you. And I feel like just the I and the me will make it more. It would also make it more like this is a thing I have, not mm-hmm. necessarily all magicians. I don't know. Try it. Oh, do you want to try maybe like a? Um, I had long long hair, wore a zip up hoodie. Uh, I never washed it. It was in tatters. And I, the thought I had was like it was in tatters and it smelled like Dungeons and Dragons or something. <laughs> uh, some example there. I was gonna say Axe body spray, but some there might be a little punchline in there. Right. Um, oh, I think when you say the today you said for the uh, Amaze Box part, you were like, I've been watching you as you react to the show and all that stuff. Um, I also think you could add a little bit more like I I talked to every like I was observing you as you came in. Oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Because it actually kind of lends uh, that, that like that's why you were talking to people mm-hmm. as they came in. If you, I don't know if you saw today. I, I don't know how different it, it felt, but uh, I feel like I've certainly hit a stride as it comes when it comes to talking to the audience. Yeah, like there's a basically now three jokes that I basically use kind of once I've all sort of sat down. Um, that always seem to play decent, you know, very yeah. very in quality. What but were I, they? Um, one is the joke that like they're all just one big group of friends. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, I thought that was real. I came in like in the, almost like right before you started, mm-hmm. so I thought they actually were a big group. <laughs> yeah. So um, and then there's I kind of make some jokes about like it's kind of weird that I'm just standing out here, not very traditional at all. And there's no big surprise coming. No one else is gonna walk out. It's like it's just me. I'm just gonna start. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like. I like. I think people like talking to you before the show. Yeah, you know, I was skeptical about that at first, but yeah. now I'm. I'm. I'm much more. I would say my the, the the big thing that has happened to me just between like day one and day ten is, and that's why the show got longer. Is I think I got more comfortable, and so yeah. much more comfortable riffing with people and yeah. kind of going off script in a way that I wasn't before because I was still just so nervous about the show just yeah. going, just working, the tricks working, the transitions. The, also, and now I'm I'm much more comfortable like. So John talks to people as they enter, yeah. And uh, also that was mentioned in the review. It was mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I think it successfully is like a. Um, uh, I I do think that kind of separates you from other magic shows. Like yeah. that 
it feels more personal than I don't know. Out of the other ones that you've seen, has anyone started like that? Mm, no. One person, notably, was standing in the back of the house. Uh huh. Um, and basically, imagine in the equivalent of our theater where you kind of sit every day. Yeah. Imagine if he was just sort of pacing there awkwardly, Ugh. sort of Ugh. like talking to the sound guy, and then just without any cue, once everyone just sat, sits down, he just walked on, on stage. Ugh. And. What? Who broke that awkward silence? I did by clapping. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, there was no introduction of the. No, person? he literally just walked up on stage. There's no lighting or sound. There's nothing changed. Maybe the house lights went down a little oh, bit or man. something, but there was nothing major. And uh, there wasn't even like a. You're just a natural MC. Uh, just like you just had to define that moment as being like the show starting. I was like, well, yeah, all right. And, uh, oh boy, was no. that also the show that you hated? Yes, it was. <laughs> I gotta go see this show. Um, especially because uh, I was told that this guy might be in the Handsome Magic Club. Uh, I think the dividing the envelopes in half is taking a little long. It is. Should they start <laughs> like that? I don't know what to I do. I don't know. It just today I was just like, man. Today I fumbled it a little bit. Okay. Because I kind of grabbed like two. You're kind of counting out ten and ten, um, dividing them in half, and uh, today I think like two kind of slid together and it was hard oh, okay. to tell and then I lost count and then I was kind of just keeping <laughs> track of like well the symbol that needs to be showing up on the 11th envelope is this and then it was there and then I was actually afraid that, are they you know, pencil marked? Uh, um, not uh, yes and no yes they're pencil marked but in a way that makes it easy to assemble them afterwards it is like under the flaps uh-huh. so it's nothing that I can see during the performance Oh, I was for Aaron's um Aaron's ease in resetting them right. between shows. Um, I was going to ask during the fringe book, um, when you when you are like, let me try this again, and you start resetting the cards. Are you resetting the cards for the next day? Yes, and that just kind of came about of like, what is something I could really do? Like, if I did fuck this trick up, I would, I would need to reset it. Yeah, yeah. And if I completely just sort of, I, I try to make that as honest as I could. I was just if thinking I, that I, that's pretty funny to like build your reset for the next day into the previous day's trick. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I think that's I'm very funny. Like time, like, what could I do? I'm like, oh, if I honestly just pay attention to where the cards need to be and reset <laughs> them, then that... That's cool. Um, I, I have had some ideas with the book, actually, none of which I'm, a, I'm confident in doing yet. Uh. But our table is very small. And even magicians who are fooled by that routine or friends just assume they miss when I loaded the card into the book. Uh. So I would like to get as much distance from that book as possible. My dream is to have it in the hands or lap of a spectator on stage. But it's very challenging to do that for obvious reasons mm-hmm. um, because you can feel something is off about that book if you hold it. In the oh, light. you can? You kind of, I handed it to Aaron. I'm like, what does that feel like? Yeah. Um, maybe only because she knows. I don't know. Maybe just because I gave it to her in a weird way. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, – there would clearly be a lot of very difficult to manage um, – difficult audience management You'd be that, cool if, for a future version. It would be cool if you could – if you had a magnet – that could keep them all locked in. Right. And then be like, here, can you just find me a show in, like, pick a musical, and the musicals start at, like, page 250 or something? Just, can you pick one of these musicals out of here or something, and, like, just have them looking at a back part of the book? And then if you could, like, pull a magnet off, and then they were all available for, like, sliding out at that mm-hmm. point. So that while they're handling it, they could never, like, fall out. Right. Uh, I'll work on that. I'll get me and David Regal invent that. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 five cards you would end up with. I don't know what that means. Um, oh, when you say like, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I I will say. Are you going to the envelopes or are you on something else? 
It must be envelopes. I don't know what that means. Five cards you would end up with. Uh, I think I'm, I'm probably phrased something weird. Um, how many more notes do you have? Just two. Oh, okay. Uh, one is when you say, uh, ask a dramatic question that's never something or boring. Uh, yes. When you can't get the four spades. I think you should ask a more dramatic question instead of, uh, what do you say? It was a club or something? I, I go, your card it was a black card, and I say it very hesitantly, and then I ask him if it was a club, and he goes, nope, and then I, as a joke, go, oh, it was, it was a spade. I think when in the recording it says, ask a dramatic question, and I think that you could do something like, you know, uh, on the mentalism side of like, you know, um, picture in your mind, picture in mind the, the suit or whatever, and then like, you know, what kind of image do you see like go for something more campy or something sure. with that question you know what i mean because mm-hmm. just asking was it a club or whatever isn't right. a particularly dramatic question yeah. in and of itself and what was my last note uh kill yourself uh that's to me oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no two more one is the i think when you look when you say the page page 17 then when you go to the person on your right who is zoe today yeah to be like look through the book i think you could have a little more like well it depends on what you're trying to go for is it like go for it like oh this is gonna save me or is it a thing of like haha I had this plan the whole time you know what I mean oh that's a good question I don't know to be honest with you um, I could play with it I think you could play I, with I think right now the, the answer is probably haha it's been the whole time uh-huh. um, that's why you twirl your mustache at that point yes um, and I put on my cape um, and then I brought up some train tracks <laughs> yeah and a lady yeah um i think you could try playing it as like page 17 and then be like zoe look at like look at like look at all these pages like these are the right pages right this is one of three like you could be like oh it actually did turn out right Mm -hmm. as an an option um and then last thing is uh to take the facts uh, i told you this already the facts of the sands of the desert and sprinkle them through the whole show and i had some ideas for that uh, at least one or two yeah so now you start the show as like I could have had a great job, but I didn't. Now I'm poor. And then you pull your p- p- pockets to where we see the... But then I bring out a metal bucket. And I go, I must start looking for money in the audience. Oh, is this like Miser's Dream? Yes. <laughs> you, you have, young boy. You have a metal bucket. I do have a metal bucket. Yeah. Um, so here's some. here are my three big notes to myself as far as the actual magic goes uh-huh. in the show. Um, let's see. There is some thumb, there are some thumb tips in the show that come up a couple of minutes away from each other. Yep. I felt today specifically, I I had a little bit of issue with getting the thumb tips. Um, I felt there on was or too, off uh, on. There was too much time I felt spent uh, getting the first one because um, that happens undercover or something on stage. I think I need to start doing a better job of blocking and planning out the amount of times I go. Uh, I, so I get my hands wet and I dry it off with a towel. And that's the cover I use to put on a thumb tip. Um, that is, uh, I think I need to do a better job of, of blocking and, and 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 knowing exactly when I'll go to the towel. Today you prepped for the actual move differently than I'd seen you before. Uh, so after you got the thumb tip, you put your hands together. Yeah, because as I opposed think, to at your side. I think day by day that thumb tip is getting dirt, uh, dirtier because of what it's doing. Uh, it's getting like blacker. So it's and, and then I and and and. Every night I clean it out with soap and a sponge to like wipe it clean again. But over the course of ten days, it's gotten a little bit darker and grayer. So uh-huh. now it's 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 less easy. I'm less comfortable holding it out in the open. Luckily, I kind of have my hands like that a lot in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't think it looks so weird. But yes, I I would like to. I was told on the Magic Cafe that if your technique was good enough, the thumb tip could be fluorescent green and no one would notice. 
Yeah, and that's. I mean, yeah, that's. that's <laughs> I mean, if you're, t- but then it's like people notice when you have four fingers for a whole show because that's not how hands are. <laughs> but it is, should never see. I mean, like, I, I really, it is how cartoon hands are. Uh, that is true. That is so. true. The Simpsons could use thumb tips. Yeah, left and right. But I think like if my hands are really natural, you can see all five of my fingers. Yeah. Now I think you have to be very careful with thumb tips. I'm not saying you should just be able to leave it in the open all the time. Yeah. But. Um, is it worth uh, swapping them from night to night? Yeah, I might. I mean, also the magic store across the street has some. I'll probably just go pick up another one or two. Yeah. Um, and then of course the uh, the other one. Does is anyone make fun. like custom thumb tips? Yeah, probably. That would like really mold to your specific right. thumb. Just like half and l- and like skin color. Yeah. Uh, because I bought a thing right before I came here that I brought with me that's like sponges, sponge balls, and it has a thumb tip in it, and the thumb tip's too small. Oh. Doesn't it hurts? Um, so, so that's one piece of magic that I feel. Okay. Just okay. That that might be harming. I think I noticed a couple people notice it. Oh. Um, I also noticed someone that the that woman who uh, picked one of the cards for the tossed out deck today. She I could see it on her face. She totally pegged what was happening. Because I think, and this is actually something Aaron pointed out to me. Yvonne? That, yes, uh, Yvonne. That, that is correct, and but it's really a challenge when we have smaller crowds. Uh-huh. Is that... Um, like one a, person could see more than one person's card. Yes. Yeah. And so, for instance, one day, basically went three people up a line, and were like um, one behind the other behind the other, and Aaron could see that all three of them had the same card. She goes, <laughs> they probably could as well. So today, Yvonne was the third person, and she was behind the se- a little girl who was the second person. Yes. And I watched Yvonne, because I, I saw it in her face. I watched her get the same card that little girl did, keep then move to get another one, realize what was happening, and smirked to her husband. Uh, um, I, I she was a very good sport about it, and you know she was very nice after the show. Then she made a weird like throat cutting gesture to you. Yeah. Um. um I and honestly, and and those are moments where I, after the show, I kind of question like what would happen if I commented on this right now. You know, I wouldn't. You know, <laughs> because it's such a it's like when you commented about Jack being in the close up room, yes. where like ninety nine percent of people don't know what happened. Exactly. Um, and also why I told you to not comment before when people see the back of the table because <laughs> like literally a comment for like one person i don't right. remember i think i gave you that note you did, you did um and i haven't done it since what was your third magic my third magic one was uh oh well that that was actually um not even on the list what i just said i was just gonna say mar- uh, uh blocking with the um the toss out deck cards there's some uh markings on those cards that i feel like we talked about that today yeah. just gonna need to think more about that plan that um I, I think generally I'm flashing to the whole right side of the stage with those uh, with the marks on the cards. Oh, by the way, the first uh, girl, Sophie, was it that did the cards? No, no, no. The girl on near my side that did tossed out. Uh, did you know she like just riffled through like half of it? I don't remember. She that. instead of just lifting up, she just went from the bottom. But like, I don't think she. I mean, Right. I don't think a person would naturally notice, like, hey, I'm seeing the same cards over and over. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't remember that person. Yeah. Um, so that was one. And then I uh, I just feel I, – I can't articulate exactly what this is, but I feel in every show. The way – when I'm doing this envelope trick, this mentalism thing, I feel like there's something um, I'm doing wrong as far as the blocking or presentation of it. Uh-huh. Every time I do that – every day I do it, I, I feel like – there's something missing that could really elevate that moment and that show. Like, the way I kind of figure out what to do with a mental epic that has just, I think, objectively improved it. Yeah. Um, there's something they're missing. I don't know what... Are you talking about near the end? Or yeah, in general? Just kind of, yeah, just towards the end, but just in general. 
Um, well, I was thinking today. I, I wrote that it often kind of feels like the the sleepiest routine in the show. Uh, so, so today I was thinking like I am no longer really capable of of like giving any thoughts about how much this is fooling people because now I it's weird. This that routine is like I have no idea if this is fooling people. Like I I can't tell. Like and because I know what the secret is, I can't tell. Is it like? Do people know what's going on from the beginning? Oh, I will say, like, today, I think that it was a little less fooling today because first the guy was like, you were like, you said something like they're all the five car. Oh, that's what my note is. And there's nothing you can do about this. But so really, it's not useful as a note. But he pulled his first, either the first or second phase, he pulled all five from one pile. Uh-huh. And then the last one was the two circles. It was first phase. And he even said, like, you were like, you could be getting any symbols, right? And he was like, probably, presumably. Like, yeah. he had some suspicion. He pulled all from one side. And I was like, that that to me might clue me in a little bit on Gilberth. If I saw someone, I don't know, something about it was like, he pulled all five and the fifth one was, then it was two circles. And it was like, oh, it's sort of forced in a way that he has to get these five. Um, Interesting. So, but I don't know if there's anything you can do about it, but also... Right after that, while I was watching it, I had the thought of, like, I can't tell if people are fooled because, like, it's sort of the same thing over and over. So if you weren't fooled by it early, then that might make it feel sleepy to you. Right. Um, so I don't know. You don't have an answer to this question? <laughs> I don't. But I just every time I do it, like, as I'm leading up to the presentation, right, I've never perfected a, a system by which he's tearing open envelopes. Where do I stand? Where do I take the envelopes from? Do I throw them away for him? <laughs> Um, yesterday, a guy started delegating it, and he was yesterday. The guy was so funny. He kept like narrating what was happening, and like, and you don't feel like I. At one point, I said, "You don't feel like I, I made you pick from the left or the right at any time." And he, he just went, "I was under no duress whatsoever." <laughs> so uh, like that, he was hilarious. And then what, he like narrated things like that. The way someone did in the early in the run, very Saba. Similar. Yeah, uh, Saba. This guy's name was Mark. Very British. Did basically the same thing. And then at one point, tear those open. He goes, "Okay, I am handing an envelope to this person to have them open it." And like he handed yeah, something like, off the side, and it was hilarious. So just like moments like that, that's just not a perfect, you know. I think in terms of, I pick some things like a little uh, whiteboard now that stands up on its own that I write the prediction on. That's great. Know, stuff like that. I, it's improving, but I just don't know. I, I just feel that. that that the potential of the staging of that is at like a seventy-five out of I, I'm, uh, out yeah. of hundred, and I'm I, I'm feeling it. I think that um, quite honestly, uh, that that trick we were talking about the other day, the post-it trick, uh, I feel like could potentially go in that spot instead of those envelopes. Oh, uh, I think that the pace of it is too samey throughout, and that contributes to the sleepiness of it. Yeah. I think, um, as, as particularly the last part, the envelope tearing is really slow. I don't know what you can do about that. Yeah. Um. I did. Oh, I did. Sorry. I must Unless have. I tore them open for him, but I don't know that I want to do that. Yeah, I don't know that I want to you do know? that either. Um. It's like I can't think of a better way to do it. Um. The thing I did think about at the end of this was early on. You said this would predict the five cards that you would have today. I heard you say that today, maybe for the first time, and then I realized at the end you could say like. Oh, I didn't say what five envelopes you would end up with. I, w- I said the five cards. Mm-hmm. That might be a, like a little subtlety to oh, yeah. to end it with. Yeah. Um, because today, are you specifically said like that we, now we've made a prediction as to which five cards you end up. I was like, oh, maybe he's gonna like use that to like mm-hmm. get out of the because I'm 
like I like the trick when it doesn't considering you're still doing fringe book I like it when it doesn't have the huge failure in, mm-hmm. in it so that might be a way for you to make that turn without a yeah. failure um, and I've, I've definitely exper- been experimenting with the way I pretend to fail that in that trick every day it's yeah. always been a little bit different um, that being said I also think uh, um, I'm getting better at this with a mental epic and I found more opportunities for it uh, but I, I, one of my apprehensions about taking it out is I think that and the mental epic are both my um, biggest moments in the show to kind of have the audience understand my personality. Yeah. And that's where I interact with people the And you've most. had a lot of good uh, work with the spectators. Yes. So that's, you know. I think that goes a long way to what got you the four stars. Right. So, so I still want to make sure that's highlighted. And yeah. I don't oh, know that I, taking that out it would help that. No, out. I wouldn't take it. Oh, is supposed to have less interaction? Is that what? Um, well, I just wouldn't know. I just don't know the routine well enough to know. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of talking to people. Yeah. If three people do something. Right. And then the reason that would maybe go in place of the envelopes is because they both have finales that are predictions inside of envelopes that mm. somebody already had. Uh, at the beginning of the month, we had a contingency plan of, like, if you had less than eight, uh, uh, if you had seven or fewer spectators, right. you were just going to do a different kind of show. Yeah. And uh, um, fingers crossed we won't have to deal with that this month. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. I um, thought it would be today because it was raining so hard at the start of the show. That yeah. I thought it would, enough people would just... And we were at a pretty low number, and I thought, oh, a lot of these people are just not going to show up. I think the final number today was about 18. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, That so, was the, the last no- ticket number I saw before the show yeah. started. I, I, But every now and again, that goes up a little bit in the last five, ten minutes. So we have uh, flyers. These are college students that hand out flyers for the show. And we try to have them flyer for the last hour before the show. That way John doesn't have to do it, and he can kind of concentrate on you know, right. the, the show. Um, and uh, their job is kind of to like wrangle people that are walking around being like, what should I go to? And be like, go see this right now. Yeah. And um, the Wednesday, I believe, for Voldemort, uh, the the other show I'm producing, the hour before, it just rained so hard. And I, wa- I was out there walking around. It was like, nobody was like walking around. It's just a day where like, you can have as many flyers as you want, but like there's no one... I have joked about that in the pre-show because so many people, when I ask them how they heard about it, the number one answer is constantly like, oh, you know, because everybody has these little books. Oh, yeah. What are, is the answer? Um, the, that it's just that it's in the book as a 130 show. Oh, that's funny. So uh, In that book or the, a different book, the, the assembly book? I, I think they're referring to the assembly book because that's what Aaron and I are looking at all the time as well. Uh-huh. Basically, there's this little um, book for each each performing company. and uh, the one Ours is called Assembly. They have, what, 227 shows? Uh-huh. Uh, across 25 venues, 26 venues, some, something insane like that. And so what they do is if you want to see an assembly show, they have their own little assembly guide that's divided up by time. So every page is like a different 10-minute increment of a day. So like, you know, 9.30, 9.40, 9.50. Right. And it'll show you the shows that are happening at that time and where they are. So anytime Aaron and I have some free time, we don't have any plans. And uh, like we get into those You're shows. doing what those people do, basically. Exactly. We're like, like, okay, well, what's in the next hour that's interesting and sounds cool? And we'll look at a couple things <laughs> and decide... And so I, what I'm finding is the number one thing is a lot of people just go like, yeah, just, is that 1.30? Yeah, why not? Something. That's hilarious. And, th- and then I make a joke about, I'm like, well, I spent hours a day handing people flyers. None of them showed up. So wait, there's very little, like, I got flyered into it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Maybe um, I'll just start not paying, not having the flyers do it. Every now and again, I'll get, uh, every day I'll get one or two people. Yeah. And I think even if I'm not, even if I'm not confronting the people that are getting the flyers, maybe just those who do have the flyers aren't saying, any, saying anything. Because, right, because I'll basically well, say it to one person out loud, and then I'll joke about you know nobody with a flyer coming to see it. And I go, why am I spending three hours a day, you know, doing this? And yeah. Then, uh, 
So maybe just because I'm not talking directly to a person that did get a flyer, but every now and again, then someone in the third row will hold one up and I'll go, hey, great. And I'll try to ask if I gave them that flyer or someone else did, you know. Uh, my reasoning has been basically like the flyers here are basically between 10 and 15 pounds an hour. And so to me, if like a flyer gets one person in, then they've basically paid for themselves. Right. Um, so that's my reasoning. Yeah. Um, I think that should do it for yeah. an episode. A- I'm going back to L.A. tomorrow. Right. So fuck this shit. Yeah. This fr- this USA. Fa- the- <laughs> yeah. USA. Can't wait to get back to the USA and uh, all the great stuff happening there. Um, have you felt the uh, you probably felt this when you toured with shoot but have you felt the like disconnect from American politics being out here a little bit just because I I have not had time to um, uh, watch the debates yeah the debates happen we didn't Uh, I watched the first half of the first one Uh Um, I watched the, the first hour of that because I, I had to download the CNN app on my phone. And yeah, all this and you're stuff. all in on Marianne Williams, Williamson now. Yeah, no, she doesn't win. I'll, I'm uh, I'm leaving to Canada. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I watched like the first, other than that. Um, but, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of the major responses to like the shootings and stuff that have been happening. Mm-hmm. And um, But, yeah, I don't uh, feel... Meanwhile, over here, Boris Johnson is the prime minister now. Right. Which, uh, uh, by the way, in Baby Wants Candy, the improv show I do... We've gotten multiple nights where someone suggests Brexit, mm-hmm. and the just co- like complete groan that just goes over the audience. Oh, it never plays. No one ever wants to see anything about Brexit or Boris Johnson or Donald Trump. Right. Like I would say, three years ago, uh, really in 2016, when we were in August before the election, we got a fair number of Donald Trump suggestions because it was kind of funny right. at the time. And now it's just like, no, we don't want to see anything. I like know that. my favorite comment on that sort of thing was Patton Oswalt I think it was just on a talk show he said that um, the thing about Trump jokes because of all the stuff he's doing like how you know the whole thing about him just doing crazy shit every day that people forget about yeah he was saying that uh, uh, like anything Trump does to make fun of has the half-life of uh, cottage cheese in a sauna <laughs> he was, like, it's just it just goes out so quickly and yeah. so I imagine that internationally you just get so tired you know like we get it Trump joke yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> um, well, cool, man. Um, we are going to keep doing some podcasts. Yeah, You're going to try to interview some people here. Morgan and Wes came to see John's show. Yeah. They, they were, both tweeted about they it. They both tweeted about it. They're very nice. Um, um, and they have a cool show here. Not a magic show, but they do have... Science. Very, yeah. Morgan and Wes, unbelievable science. It's like a kid's um, science show. And it's really charming, and it's very good, and they don't, like, talk down or pander. Like, it didn't, like, it still felt very sophisticated and nice, but educational and fun. And the, the show ends with them basically going, you know, these things do happen. Climate change is real. Vaccine. <laughs> they, honestly, they go, you know, like, whether or not you have seen it for yourself, there are people that have studied these things. And we, you know, this is how we know theories. This is not why we know this. They go, climate change is real. Vaccinate your kids. Uh, and then there's, I think, a third one of, like, this is, stop pretending this isn't real right um can you can you send me a email castle invite from here for when i'm home in uh yeah totally um because let me see who's uh who we're let's see who we're missing this week at the castle who's that father jim blance father jim blance fennec okay oh he's doing a um he did a lecture last night yeah i'm surprised he's only doing that thursday through sunday deal i wanted to see that lecture but we missed it yeah Shout out to the Magic Apple, David Goldrake, the Bornsteins. Cool, cool, cool. Lorenzo Clark. Don't know him. Uh, David, David Zerbell and Alexander Great. Great. Rich Cowley, the Library Bar. 
What's oh. that? Totals a brekkie. What are these things? Yeah, I know. This what broke the my fuck? heart. So the is doing the pe- the Peller for like one night this week. And, like then, on Danny and then Danny Dortiz? Danny Dortiz does his one-man show. Um, you, I'll, Wait, I'll, I'll be home for this. Yeah, I'll give you a pass if you can get uh, get in. Oh my God, I'll be jet-lagged, but I will go see Danny Dortiz. Yeah. Um, he was at Magic Live and it broke my heart. He was another, oh my God. He was another addition. Uh, is Rich Kelly, has he done uh, this a lot? Yeah, he does the bar a lot. Because there's, there's a new Mike Pichotta. Oh, there is? Yeah. That when I was there for my audition, there was a new guy that had just started that is taking over. Or Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yes, exactly. Oh, I didn't know they had ever picked, ever picked someone to do that. Whoever it was, he was he was just starting that week, and they were like, hey, good luck. So so there, that is a, now like an, a seven-day-a-week. Do you recognize him? Uh, no. Uh, but I've never seen Mike Pichotta. Mm, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's very supposed good. to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, I'll be back in L.A., uh, and if you know what? I'll go see this Danny D'Ortiz and do it. You know, I'll get him for an interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, if you could. He's he's definitely in the Handsome Magicians Club. Yeah. Um, he is cool. handsome. Um, so we'll see you next time. Yeah. Who knows when that is? We'll leave this recording. Yeah, here. sorry that we've been uh, some radio silence for a while, but... We've yeah, it's weird. Busy. Once you get into the flow here, it's like it's it's really busy. I it's mean, just like especially because we jump in and then we had to tech and we had to like it's just like I haven't been outside a two mile radius of the city. I bet <laughs> no, um, not at all. Because and everyone's like, oh, are you doing any sightseeing? But it's like I go from waking up, doing my show, flyering from my show, catching some, you know, trying to see as many shows as possible, going to bed and repeating. Yeah. Um, Staying up till 4 a.m. looking at um, magic videos. Um, I'm not watching magic videos. We're watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Chris. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, we've, we're only like season three of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, are you going to have Aaron binge Superstore at some point? I keep telling her to. I don't think it's on... Uh, oh, it's on Hulu, isn't it? And I have Hulu. I don't think you can get Hulu here. You can, just that the, the amount of options you have are very limited. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I don't know. If, like I don't know. If Superstore. I, could get I would recommend two TV shows that on Amazon. Uh, one on Amazon. Aaron won't watch that one with me. So, the boys. Yeah, she's like doesn't seem interesting. So I have to just find my own time to watch. Wait, it. make her watch one I, episode. No, I thought I, I'm going to tell her to do that. Oh, it is so good. The boys on Amazon. I'm going to make you text that to her after this. Chat. Also, really good on Amazon. Uh, at the beginning of the month, I watched All or Nothing, which is a football documentary. Um, that one is about. Uh, oh, that's Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime All or Nothing is about I thought that was nothing. The it is. So there's two it's a two part recommendation. One is All or Nothing, which is about a pro football team. I can't remember what team it was. It was very good. I love hard knocks. I love all those things. And then I was like, Oh, I really want to watch another one. And then on Netflix, there's recommended to me was this one called Last Chance You. And it's nah. not about the pros, it's about co- community college football. And it is honestly one of the best documentaries i have ever seen it cool. is so good it does not matter if you like football or not it is totally worth watching and also um uh i don't know quite how to phrase this like i feel like there's a body of documentaries that people should watch just to kind of understand what young black men are confronted with when they grow up here so like if you would watch like hoop dreams last chance you and like paris is burning what was just, that one called? It was a really popular one a few years ago. I think it was more about the prison industrial complex. But it was uh, the the nine. Uh, I, I, something I, like that. The six, maybe. Yeah, I. Sorry, I didn't see that one. But I heard um, that was very good. But just this idea of like you're really seeing for lower income African American men, what are their options in terms of how to live life? And it's right. just like you can't be as judgmental to me about like. It's very easy to just be like, well, why don't you just at least go to that college and go to your classes and get an A and do that. And then, like, you're just confronted with, like, a lot of their backgrounds. It's like they're not, like, they are not. They don't grow up in an environment where they 
even know how to like right. take notes in a class. There was a book I read at uh, my community college um, called. Uh, did yours community college have a football team? I did. Ooh, it did. Uh, how, how good was it? A pretty good one, I, from my understanding. They had their own stadium. Um, Jesus. Uh, uh, what's the? I can't remember the name. It was actually never assigned in a class. A professor recommended it to me, and I read it. Um, and it was I can't the the title's blanking on me, but it was about um, urban housing in the 20th century. And it was uh-huh. basically this civil rights lawyer who, after he died, his son basically went back through and kind of looked at his legacy, and he sort of studied. It was it's a, uh, like a book about basically um, black tenement housing and urban housing in the early 20th century. That was basically along the lines of like these white racist slumlords when they would run out to black people would jack the prices sky high. So these people are working three, four jobs, mm-hmm. and of course just to make ends meet. And then by virtue of that, um, the towns kind of fall into disarray, and they're they're really poorly kept up because everyone, no one has any time or resources to invest into their communities to improve it. Yeah. Because so then that's where these quote slums come from. So then it's you know, and then black people, then people are accused of letting their towns become slums because like oh that's where they you know they yeah. don't care and all this stuff without realizing that it's a direct result of white racist housing policies. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. It's just disgust. Just you know like. Uh, on top of all that, these documentaries are entertaining as shit. So, like, you can get this perspective. Right. And also, but it doesn't feel like a slog. There's a, um, an Aziz Ansari joke in his new special, which I know you haven't watched yet, uh-huh. um, about, like, how weird it is. That's, quote, entertainment now. Yeah. And, like, that's what it took to watch to get people to listen about Michael Jackson. It's like, have you seen that documentary where two people recount the most difficult and painful memories of their lives? Oh, yeah, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, on that note. Yeah, let's see you next week. Yeah, talk to you soon. Bye.